Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This could be the first time you've heard of the 100K rule. In fact, I think it's a rule that I made up, but it it could exist already. But go with me. We'll talk about that today. Also, pressing restart after you've woken up and you're like, ugh, I've got debt everywhere. I need to finish study. I need to get my life in order. We'll talk about that too. And interestingly enough, I'm going through a bit of a quarter life crisis. Many of you are as well. And we'll talk about that in the after party because it's pretty informal and mainly for those who have listened to the podcast for some time. And if you are new, we do an after party at the very end of the podcast, which is off the record. It's informal and it's just John and I hanging out. Now, today on the podcast, we can't do this very episode right here without Sharesies who have helped bring this episode to you. The Sharesies platform now has a cool feature, Roundups. Tally the extra dollars and cents from your daily purchases, and once you reach your chosen target amount, your Roundups will hit your Sharesies wallet to invest how you like. How cool is that? Make every dollar and cent count toward future you. Sign up to the Sharesies platform using the exclusive promo code MMM to get $10 added to your account. All investing involves risks, T's and C's and fees apply. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about you. I'm Glenn James. This is My Millennial Money. John Pigeon, My Millennial Property host extraordinaire. If I said to you, tell me about the 100K rule, do you know what that is? Oh, wouldn't have a clue. Well, neither, because I just made it up uh, as a bit of a title for what I want to talk about. <laughs> but someone in the Facebook group, they made a comment about, I've heard once you get to 100K, you don't have to invest as much or you slow down investing or whatnot. Basically, what's everyone else doing? And it's a comment that I've made in the past that is about when you get to the first 100K, it's when the traction can really start with your portfolio. And generally speaking, the amounts that you're putting in will probably be less than the annual return of that 100K. So all that to say, when you're starting to build wealth, everyone focuses on this, oh, what's the best return I can get? What's the cheapest this I can get? What's this? What's that? Where if you focus on just building money, that will be the best return that you can get from your investment account. So Mm. if you started with $2,000 and then you put another $2,000 of your own money in, that's a 100% return, right? Yeah. So once we get to the 100K, if your portfolio was invested in shares and it did 8% in a year return, so either capital growth and dividends combined, that is $666 a month or $150 a week. So realistically, 
in this tight world where we're trying to pay rent, pay our mortgages and all that, a lot of us don't have $150 a week to put into our investment account. So realistically, once you get to that 100K or you might choose a number yourself and go, look, when I get to 50K, that's my kind of tipping point. So that's basically the long and the short of it because most people won't be able to put $666 a month in their account at the moment. And while they're building up to that 100K, what you put in could be a bonus from work. You might sell the motorbike you've never ridden in two years. You sell the second child, you sell whatever, an old lounge, and you put that money into your investment account. If you've got less than 100K, it's probably going to be a better return than the market of say 8% of 100 grand, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think once you you get to the 100K and you see that return coming through, you'd only get even more motivated to put extra amounts in as you could. Yeah, and what I've done in my life is kind of gamify or gamify, however it's pronounced, is like, oh, I'm enjoying building wealth. Yeah. And it's not that I say I'm a tight ass and, you know, I don't buy stuff for people or I don't, you know, be, you know, generous and give to charity, but that money that goes in my account, it's like, okay, it's there forever and I'm going to yeah. get compounding and and all that the, stuff. Uh, the eighth wonder of the world. Mm. So that's basically the 100K rule. So, that, and that goes back to John, why we did the career book, because most people will have a far better return from the money they can generate and invest as opposed to if they've got a ten dollars or $20,000 investment account. Yeah. Like if you've got a $20,000 investment account and you put $600 in, that's a huge return. Mm. What is it? I don't know. 600 divided by 20,000. Yeah, that's 3% of like, bam, straight off the top. Yeah. So, so you're talking, I've got 100K in an ETF performing regularly for me, yep. or I've now got shares, individual stocks that are worth 100K? Uh, it doesn't matter, like the portfolio side, not necessarily the composition. Sure. Yeah. But it's basically just to say that while you are starting out in your investing journey, your contribution, your savings rate matters more than the return. Yeah, totally. Because it'll get to a point like if you had 300,000 invested, you know, that could be popping 30 grand a year. Well, you might not be able to save 30 grand a year to invest. So that in that, that yeah. kind of tipping point after the 100K, most people will have a higher contribution to the portfolio from the investment returns rather than their own capital. Yeah, and it's like everything. It's those first few months or years that we see very little progress. We're just it's it's quite a boring old concept where we we'd love results now, and mm. and uh, we just need to understand that delayed gratification process. And we need to get started and get the habit underway. Like, can you in your life set up your systems and your spending plan, and whatnot, so you're investing either once a month, once a week, or whatever frequency that you want? And if it has been ad hoc and sloppy. Can you say, well, I'm just going to commit to this and at least try and do four weeks or three months and just try and get consistent with your investing? Because, mm. you know, you're in the health world and all that stuff, but how crazy is it that, you know, consistency will outperform almost, I don't know, a bit of luck or talent? Yeah, it's... You can apply consistency everywhere and get a better result across anything, can't you? Mm. 
like I was actually listening to a podcast on the way in from Melbourne yesterday and it's like a the whole fad diet of, okay, I've lost 10 kilos in 10 minutes and what happens two months later, I put it back on, but I not only put it back on, but I put more back on because my body's adjusted to mm-hmm. that. So it's, yeah, it's a whole, yeah, consistently day by day, week by week is what's going to get results with anything, not just money and health. Yeah, recently we had a, um, a team workshop, right? And we had Shane Hatton come in and do a strengths finding session just last fortnight with the team. And part of his presentation was talking about being consistent or, and I'll I'll rephrase it. And he had some actual data and I might see if Rach can get a link to the data and put in the show notes for people because it's just fascinating. They were talking about, you know, we've all got strengths, right? You've got strengths, I've got strengths. And it was something that like when they did a, a survey of people who, should I just call Shane and ask him? <laughs> Let's just see everyone. If not, we'll just see. This is going to be terrible audio. Shane, are you live? <laughs> Hello, mate. Hey, how are you? Good. How's things? Good. Hey, I don't want to ambush you, but I am. I've just got you, I'm recording a podcast with John. So this is going to go live on My Millennial Money. So good. So (laughs) good. And we're talking about investing and about consistency. And I was like, I did a present, Shane did a presentation for our team the other day. And in your presentation, you were talking about where they did the data where someone who was good at something and got consistent, those exponential returns. Do you remember that? Yeah, so it was the um, the speed reading test that they undertook, where they it was more it was a bit about consistency, but it was the the people who were consistently investing into the things that were their natural talent, right? Saw exponential growth as opposed to just people who were consistently, repetitively doing something. Uh huh. So if we take that to investing, like, because yeah. I reckon you can train yourself to be a consistent investor, right? Mm-hmm. And if you were consistent with that and doubled down on those habits, you would think you'd get an exponential result. You would get a better return if you were doubling down on the things that were producing the best results for you. So like if you had habits which were productive, strengths-based, healthy habits and you doubled down on those things, then you would imagine that a person's return on that investment would be considerably more than if you were potentially doubling down on habits which were unproductive mm, <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Sorry, I just I was talking with John and I thought, hang on. I'm, you, saw, you saw the graph in your head? And you were like, yeah, I, I did. That was about something. It was it was because it was all about talent times investment. Yes. Um, and so. are you do you have some type of link that we can put in the show notes? Uh yep. All I right. can point you to that. All right. Flick it through to me. I'll I'll get on with the podcast now, but um thanks for letting me ambush you. Easy, mate. All right. Thanks, Shane. Talk See soon. You. Bye. Well, there you go. Did that make sense, John? Yeah. 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 So we had to be not an expert in it first, but it's uh, that definitely helps. Yeah. So they were saying like, you know, if you're doubling down on your strengths and you be consistent at your strengths, you'll get such a wild result. Yeah. Where instead of focusing on your weakness, and that's why I want to take this thing I really think you can learn to be a good investor. Yeah. Like I can't learn to be a good AFL player. 
Like it's actually not happening. Well, maybe. Well, no, it's not. Probably not. <laughs> but, but and you can't outsource that either. And I can't outsource that. But I can learn, and I have. I'm actually. I was crap at saving money in my twenties, mm. and in for most of my thirties. <laughs> no. And uh, up until six months ago. Yeah, but I've trained myself, and now I still suck at saving money. But I'm a really good investor. And I think there's a different mindset there with savings versus investing. So my end point for that is, can you get consistent and train yourself to be a really good investor like me and double down so it is one of your core focuses in your life? Because the data that we'll put in the show notes says if you do double down on your strengths, it's wild, the results. Yeah, yeah. And I have heard that before and I think the it becomes a strength when we enjoy it and we get good at it and we like researching it or we like training it. It just becomes our go-to, doesn't it? Yeah. So that was, um, yeah, that was Shane Hatton. He actually, he's been on the show before. He's been on the My Millennial Career show. He's got a book called Let's Talk Culture and uh, thanks Shane for that. And just on this whole investing thing, it's important that you just get started. Now, you might go, look, I'm a train wreck financially but I can call my employer and at least tell them, hey, can you do $20 a week salary sacrifice to super? Can you do $50 a week salary sacrifice to super? You just have to get started. If you've got a job at the moment, you have a long-term investment account. Just get started. Remove yourself from the process. Or if you want to invest in your own name, just get started. And I just want to lead into this chat, John, about this whole HIN, which is the holder identification debate and the chess system with the ASX and the custodian arrangement with your wealth. So basically in Australia, when you buy shares on the ASX for international shares, it's it's different. On the clearinghouse electronic sub-register system or subscriber system, whatever they call it, it's called chess and they've trying to overhaul it for many years in Australia. There's, you just Google AFR, Australian Financial Review, ASX Chess, you'll see so much stuff on this. It's a whole other thing. There is a register at the ASX and it says one CBA share was sold to this person. So this person owns that share. So it's a register, right? With apps like Sharesy support this podcast, that money goes onto custody in another type of account and Sharesy's have a holder identification number with ASX. Does that make sense, Johnny? Yep, it does. So everyone online gets their flipping knickers in a knot where they're like, oh, I only buy shares if it's chess sponsored. <laughs> well, really? Like, are you hanging your hat on that? Hmm. And what I want to say to anyone, just don't get in the way with your technical superiorness or whatever you want to call it. I'm being cheeky and prodding the people who are chess zealots. Um, <laughs> don't get in the way of people getting started with like sharesies or an investment platform. Just don't. Like you, all your superannuation is on custody. Some of you have like $150,000, $200,000 in super with an industry fund or a retail fund and you might have 20 grand of your own name that's in chess. It's pure. It's I only invest in chess. Most of your money is on custody anyway. So, mm. so if you invest via one of these apps, like Sharesies, for example, 
Your money is safe. It's in a separate account. They cannot touch that money for operational issues. If you invested in John Pigeon's investing app and, you know, that'd be a wild time. And then you put your $2,000 there, John doesn't hold that money. It's in custody. So if John goes bankrupt, your money is safe. And likely someone else would just step in and buy that business and run it better because John's crap at running share investing businesses. That app will be in the show notes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's four ninety nine <laughs> once off uh, download fee. But let's just not let this perfection and the purest way of how you invest, don't let your comments to a new investor scare them. You just have to get started. It's just the administration, really. Yeah, so within all that, like most brokers, a direct broker, you'll get issued a holding identification number, a HIN. Mm. And every year when you do your tax return, you've got to consolidate all your tax information, dividends, reinvestment, all that stuff. If you use a platform, it's all record keeping automated. Like you just get one statement at the end of the year. Mm. I have no direct holdings, direct on chess. All my wealth's on custody. And I've got a fair bit of it. No, I shouldn't say that. Because <laughs> you're a big player. No, but all I'm saying is all of my wealth is on custody and I, I've got no problem with it. Like I understand if the, you know, company quote unquote went under, my money is safe. Mm. All of it. Most likely be able to in specie out. And most of these apps and platforms, you can just email and say, hey, I want to transfer my shares out. And they would anyway. Like it's just such a non-event in my world because I'm more focused on shoveling money and I want ease of administration. Yeah. Don't know why we're even commenting on it. Well, it's just such a hot button topic. Anytime that's posted on the Facebook group or on Reddit or anywhere, people just like, you know, make all these big judgment calls. And if you- and if you're buying an ETF, and this is just me, the, the logic has to stack up for me and everyone has their own little kinks and quirks. But like if you buy an ETF in Australia, you don't own the underlying share anyway. You own a unit in the fund. So if you're like, oh, I only buy with chess, okay, well, just buy direct shares then. Like if you're going to hang your hat on something, you better be bloody consistent. Now, if you only want to do chess, knock yourself out. I'm sleeping just as well tonight. This is the first time I've recorded in a month, so I want to be provocative and I'm in a mood, but you do you. Just don't bloody scare people from getting started. It is a non-event because most people, when they get started, they don't walk in with 500 grand. <laughs> I just want to do $100 a month. Like, Let's just encourage people to get investing. As your investment journey grows, you may change platforms, you may learn more, and then you can make a judgment call that's informed yourself how you want to invest going forward. Loopy Lou. Hi all, I'm going to have my mortgage paid off by next year, congratulations. But what now? Every penny we have, we put into this mortgage. So what's a good option for investment? So John- yeah. Chess-sponsored investment, surely. Absolutely. You just yeah. got to bloody get single stocks, chess-sponsored, yeah. and yeah. Let's do this. What do you reckon, Johnny boy? Well, it 
First of all, Loopy Lou, fantastic. Mortgage paid off, right? Grab the titles to that uh, bad boy and we're away. Amazing position to be in. I suppose when I first read this 30 seconds ago, um, my concern, I don't know the financial situation is, could we have taken action earlier than just solely focusing on the uh, on the paying off the mortgage? Because I'm getting this quite a bit. I don't know about you, but a lot of commentary around should I just should I start investing before I pay off my mortgage? I'm like, hell yeah! I, I don't know why you wouldn't, sort of thing. But I can understand people's risk profile and and know that the sole focus is to absolutely pay down their mortgage, but. There's so much opportunity cost of uh, of not doing that. But any case, fast forward. Uh, what's a good option for investment is is really uh, open to interpretation when we when we look at shares and property as the two main asset classes in Australia for investing. It's it's really looking at what your risk profile is, how much you want to spend, what sort of returns you want, and. Uh, I suppose your long-term outcome. Um, now that you've, if if your mortgage was say a thousand dollars a week, you will now have that potentially free to be able to go and do what you want. So you could diversify to the cows come home, but just make sure it's a structured approach. What do you think, Glenn? Yeah, I think it's so good, and this is the fascinating thing. Like we don't know anything about these situations, and that's why you don't take advice from a Facebook group or a podcast, but. We like to chat. Look, I'll assume that they're in their 40s because while it is possible that people under 40 can be debt-free and have their uh, house paid off, we'll just assume that maybe mid-20s, they've got a mortgage, it's been 20 years and they've just gone at it. So we'll assume uh, mid-40s, we'll assume kids, why not? And we'll assume that, you know, both people, um, yeah, she said we are working full-time. So I think what you probably just need to do is come up for air and this is just what I would do. The mortgage is clear and we'll assume that it's $1,000 a month like you said, uh, $1,000 a week, a week like you said, John, rich much. Uh, lol, jokes, nah. Um, and I would probably do nothing for the first three months and just absorb that money mm. and live a bit. Spend it all. Well, just bloody go on a holiday, <laughs> Have a holiday. celebrate. You're allowed to yeah. live life. And, yep. you know, all the savers are just probably having an aneurysm right now, but that's all right. <laughs> so I, I would really celebrate that milestone and maybe take the foot off the gas with all your money stuff. Then I would go back and have a look at my budget and say, look, we are in a really good position here. We have gone hard for a long time. Can we pull two or 300 of that money back into lifestyle so we can just enjoy life? Hmm. Then we're like, well, we've got $700 a week left. And this is also assuming that there's no plans to need to move house, renovate, any of that stuff. It could be just like, well, we just need to build wealth now. Hmm. And if you want to start saying, well, that 300 a week, we're actually just going to put that into a travel fund and travel a bit more and all that. And we don't want to be a property owner or landlord or lady and all that stuff. You might just call your work and say, hey, can we each salary sacrifice 250 a week into super? Done. Move on with your life. I think it's a good time at any time 
to go back and have a look at the sound financial house and just make sure you do have the foundations in order. Like, you know, we read some wild stuff on here, but make sure you don't have any other debt. <laughs> you got to pay that off. <laughs> Let's make sure you've got your income insurance because income keeps coming in. Let's make sure you've got an emergency fund. Like we still always need to do the hygiene factors. So you might just double check that. And then the last thing is, you know, kids' education. Are the kids about to start school? Are you sending them to private school? I mean, the good thing about this is it's a really bad problem to have. Yeah, <laughs> terrible, isn't it? Uh, and you can't wreck it if you keep out of consumer debt. Now, you may decide, okay, we're debt-free. We do need to now renovate the house and you just cash flow it. Like, you know, three months time, we've got four grand, we'll, we'll save for six months and then redo the kitchen, done. When most people finish paying off the mortgage, there's generally... A- situation where the house needs improving again uh, because it's been so long since they bought it or improved mm. it. So that that might be a portion. But yeah, uh, yeah I but suppose by the sounds the of this, John, like what's a good option for investment? Like they are, and I, I think this is good. Like I, I was talking to someone the other day and they were getting, they were getting an inheritance from overseas. And we've talked about this before on the show. Like if you do get that inheritance, and you do pay off the mortgage, if you don't invest what you're paying on the mortgage, you're just spending and consuming the inheritance. Yeah. And that's why I, on purpose, only carved off a smaller amount or 30% of that mortgage payment to go back into lifestyle because we do need to be investing for the future still. Yeah, because the facts are you need to continue to live in something. So whilst it's great we've paid off the mortgage, if we've got no other wealth magnets working for us other than super, then we're just purely relying on that one investment tool, aren't we? So, yeah, you might look at some equity out of that own home to to go and buy some property with, why wouldn't you? Yeah, and it does speak to risk profile. But look, if you did nothing but just save that mortgage repayment in a bank account for six months or a year and be cash heavy for a year while you eat, pray, love and work out what you want to do, that's also not a problem. Like if you didn't invest for a year and you just saved your cash, all good because everyone giving you advice, tell them to shut up because they don't own their home. Like you can do it. You can do whatever you want, however you want it. We'll take a break and we're going to come back and John's going to give us a bit of a property update. So that will be fun. So we'll be back right after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, welcome back. Community segment of the week brought to you by Sky Wealth, sky.com.au forward slash MMM. If you don't have your income insurance sorted, bloody sort it out. Sky.com.au can help you with all your life and income insurances. The team will have a 15-minute conversation with you and walk you through the whole process of how they do things. We asked the community, what failure or mistakes taught you the most? Now, I was reading some of these, John, and I thought if I was going to ask John Pigeon himself, what failure or mistake taught you the most? Do you reckon... You've got one top of mind. Oh, in relation to money, I don't or know. life, whatever. We leave Anything. them so open. I mean, it could yeah. be agreeing to, you know, be involved Coming with on me. A podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now that's my biggest success to date. Then, oh, of course. Gosh. Oh, look, one doesn't come to mind. I just, I've just made a heap of smaller ones. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Collectively, my life is one big mistake <laughs> made up of yeah. a heap of smaller ones. Yeah, that's right. Look, I, that's a tough one. What all would yours be? Well, I reckon financially, uh, my first investment and everyone who's read the book, you know, I've done the autopsy on that. <laughs> it was just like every single investment thing I got wrong and it, I think cost me 50%. I reckon a mistake was not being on top of mental health in my yeah. 20s. But then again, I didn't know it was a mental health issue. Well, let's see. Mark in the group said, yeah, well, this is good. Trusting family and friends with business matters. Yeah, there's a uh, bit of support there for him too. Mm-hmm. Ash Young, parents don't always have your financial interests at heart, asking you to help them buy a house and take advantage of your blind trust. Oh. Wow, that's, uh, that's turned nasty by the sounds of it. Ben said, pursuing and staying in a toxic, abusive relationship that led to panic attacks, mental breakdown and eventual suicide attempt. It forced me to change physically, mentally, financially. You name it, and I can probably draw something of what I am now to that. Yeah, that's totally that's real. And you know, if you are going through some savage times, please just um, don't do anything crazy. Just read the. We'll put a, a couple of phone numbers in the in the Facebook group, Lifeline in the Facebook group. If you just want to have a chat with someone, they're a great service. Or even if you are having a hard time, you know, some people might not do this. Just put in the Facebook group. Hey, everyone, going through a bit of a slump. Anyone got any encouragement? Yeah. Like, we're all here. Pamela says, quitting a safe, secure job because you're bored without talking to the boss first in case there's changes they could help. Don't quit without checking the reputation and the culture of the new job. Mm, Carolyn. Bit of a double whammy. Mm, not sorting out my mental health until I turn 28 and letting impulsive spending get me into massive debt. You're my people, Carolyn, but I haven't had mm. the um, the massive debt. Christy, moving a container load of household items interstate 10 years ago. I packed it and thought I needed it all. I don't own any of that today. You really don't need much to live a rich and full life, certainly not a container load. Mm. We, we put some in a shipping container 
when we were building house and literally threw 95% of it out when we moved in. Mm. So I hear you. Aaron said, compromising my own values to avoid conflict. There is no problem if I don't make it one. Ended up hurting a lot of people when I imploded. Hmm. Hmm. Chanel, uh, the time I didn't fully research how long my qualification would take me to complete or how competitive it would be or how underwhelming the average salary would be, in my opinion, at the end of all that. Mm. Yeah. Well, so, there you go, everyone. So we can, they call it FLEARN, don't they? Fail and learn. Yes. Or fail forward, right. learn. Like yeah. <clears throat> everyone, if you're a human, your life's probably a train wreck. <laughs> you've just got to. But in your own mind, you've got to tell yourself it's not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Confirmation oh, bias. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sky Wealth, for supporting the community segment of the week. Let's get back into the show. All right. We do housekeeping halfway through the podcast. All right. Big news. We've recently announced the Glenn James spending plan is now free. I created this course years ago to help my clients when I was a financial advisor and it become one of the key ways MMM listeners sort their money out. It includes videos and a spreadsheet and you can use it to manage your income and expenses. It's getting wild out there. So I hope this spending plan is useful for you or someone you know. Please share it with a friend. There's a link in the show notes or you can head to mymillennial.money or just search the Glenn James spending plan. Also, uh, every month we get in people to do different webinars of different topics. Tuesday, the 8th of August next month, uh, James Millard from Sufficient Funds is running a webinar called Bumps, Babies and Baggage, Financial Planning Insights for Expecting and Future Parents. I'm just looking at the enroll list. John Pigeon's on the list? (laughs) What? From fertility challenges to birthing hiccups and all the fun that comes once kids arrive, James Millard from Sufficient Funds has seen it all. James will share some insight and practical tips on how to navigate the five steps to starting a family and do it with financial confidence. There's a link in the show notes and I can tell you James has shared his and Tasha's story on the podcast before uh, with their journey of fertility, childbirth, all the things. Do you know he beat me by a shot on the golf course the other day? Oh, really? Did you have a, have a hack with him, did you? Mm, I did. What course? Shelly Beach. Oh, look out. Well, yeah. enough about golf. Yeah. Property update. Any broad brush strokes? Yeah, I think there is. Uh, stock levels are up in certain areas. So probably no surprise that as a result of interest rates rising, there was always going to be some of this. It was just a matter of how much. Now, Again, as I keep saying, it's not blood on the street, so calm down a little bit on that. But there's certain areas that we're seeing more and more stock available and there's two areas that I want to expand on, holiday or expensive holiday areas. So some coastal regions that were maybe overinflated to begin with, um, like up and around sort of Ballina way that there's a, a bit of excess stock. New South Wales, there. mid-north coast, everyone. Yep. So a few of those different areas and also areas that we wouldn't want to invest in anyway, but were high investment areas. And that's why we always talk about that owner rock versus rental percentage in a a certain suburb, because what's happening now is investors with multiple properties are selling off some of their portfolio 
And as a result, that's creating extra stock, which is basically investment stock in those particular suburbs. So that's that's the main thing happening on the streets at the minute. But generally, vacancy rates are, are still extremely low in, in most areas. Property prices are still moving north in a lot of areas that we're definitely exposed to. And I don't think that's going to change dramatically. They're talking about this cliff that's, uh, that's coming, and I think it will come in certain areas. But again, they're, they're not areas that we would generally want to go and invest in anyway. Mm, so that's from a, an investment lens, yeah. you evil so, capitalist pig. But have you been dealing with people who are trying to buy their first home? Yeah. So the servicing is definitely taking a hit. So yeah. what was 800 borrowings last year is now 500. Like that, It's that extreme. So it's very much changing the landscape of the strategy to say, well, our purchase price is less and our yield needs to be higher as well because obviously of the holding costs. So yeah, very different dynamic as to what we're seeing 12 months ago. But we should have been, when we were buying 12 months ago, two years ago, we should have been forecasting some interest rate rises to be able to handle this sort of uh, carry on. Mm. Uh, if we're owner rocks out there and our, our mortgage is increasing each month, then yeah, you've just got to hang on for the ride. And uh, and, and it's our arguably our single most important cost in our life that we want to retain. So we're going to dig out all stops to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is tough out there. But yeah, anything else you want to add? Oh, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've been targeted from these Facebook ads and it's kind of like, I don't know if it's clickbait. And she's like, you hear about hotspots and it's all rubbish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are there genuinely places in a market cycle that you could would consider that is a good place? I don't think they're that obvious, right? Like it because first of all, it's it's got to be the strategy that's right for that particular investor, as in the price point and the yield and the and the type of property. But we we look at more locations that are are not going to double overnight. But mm. a good, consistent, long term will never let you down. I think there, that's the main foundation for it. But yeah, I, I think ninety-five percent of headlines that say the next property hotspot is is clickbait. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's another question here from Cat, and we'll touch on it. And I think I'm just reading it more as a shout out and a thanks for being part of the Facebook group. But I'll, I'll get. Uh, John's uh, view because it kind of ties into what we were talking about before. But Kat said, hey, MMM, if you're comfy, I would love to receive your life and money advice in rebuilding yourself and financial security after unforeseen setbacks, whether it's health, DV, natural disasters, etc. I'm 25 and only getting back on my feet now and I'm feeling overwhelmed with clearing BNPL, which is your after pay stuff, building my emergency fund, finishing uni, etc. Any wisdom or words of encouragement are appreciated. Thanks for the potty and for being a really supportive community. Now, number one, I've been 25 before and this is just a weird thing that always happens. I was feeling old when I was 25. I was feeling old when I was 35. So you've mm. always got to look back and 
if you're categorically under 40 listening, you're not old, straight up. I'll go one step further than my one step further. If you're under 50 or 60, you're not old. People are living so much longer. And there's people that are in the group who are 60 and like, oh, is it too late to do this? Nothing is ever too late unless you're dead on the table and then they bring in the heart machine. It's too late then. That's a bad analogy. (laughs) I hope they put that on the show. Um, (laughs) Laurel. Um, (laughs) So you're 25. This is funny. At 25, John, Mm. when I started my business, I didn't have much money at all. So I was starting to scratch. So, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I I wasn't too far. Actually, I did at 25 as well. Mm. So just that my 25 was older, long ago than yours was. But Mm. any case, um, thanks, Kat. Thanks for writing in and and I I suppose being vulnerable. It's extremely important. That's the first part of it, isn't it? What story are we telling ourselves? Are we we telling ourselves a story that we feel deflated and we're behind where we should be? Um, if the if the internet wasn't around, would we have some comparison going on, or would it, we'd just be working through what's what's in front of us? And I think like three key areas is your health, your, your mind, which arguably is somewhat similar, but and then your finances. So your health is absolutely more important, but that mindset of the story we're telling ourselves and and being appreciative of what we've achieved up until now. Like you've got a university or you're going to have a university degree. So that's a a great milestone. So we've got to focus on that. The whole financial thing is is what you're, I suppose, feeling deflated about. So let's start with the start, Mm. right? We've got to get rid of that crappy debt. So let's work hard to get rid of that and then build the emergency fund up and, and stop listening to the noise outside that's telling you that you should have a million-dollar portfolio by now. Like it's just where you're at at the time. That's chess-sponsored. <laughs> that's chess-sponsored. And, um, and <laughs> yeah, so they're, Kat, they're probably my words of wisdom or encouragement, but you're doing extremely well now. But tell yourself that and, and don't compare yourself to anything else and uh, and and you've got you mentioned before about time Glenn 25 40 years till we transition to retirement if you have an annual general meeting with yourself every year for the next 40 years about your finances about your health about your mindset trust me you'll be comfortable yeah what I'm going to do Kat I'll reply in the Facebook group I want to send you a copy of sort your money out and get invested and uh, the book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money, just as an encouragement. But what I'm doing, if, and I'm going to say anyone who's at uni right now, who is under 26 or 27, right? So you're at the start of your life. It's funny how your perspective changes as you get older. I mean, if, I, if I'm like, all right, knowing what I know now, going back to my 25, going back to my 20s, watch out. Watch out and be dangerous. I was actually chatting to my brother about this this morning. I don't think I would have gone to uni. Well, this is what I'm going to say. If you're under 27 or whatever and you are at uni, this is what I want you to do first. Your whole financial reason 
for living and your life reason for living is to just finish your degree without getting any more debt if you've got debt. Like that is it. That's all you need to focus on. So what I'm doing for those at uni, no more debt if you've got debt. So I want you to first stop using debt. Forget about paying it off right now. Let's just start to change the habits. Then if you've got an income and expenses, you need to do the Glenn James spending plan. There's no excuse now because it's free. Then I want you to start looking at, okay, I'm at uni. My reason for living is to finish uni. And then number two is to pay down the debt. That's your only reason for living. Hmm. Then I want you to start to save some money. Even if it's $20 a week, set up a separate savings account, out of sight, out of mind, keep your flipping mitts off it because I need you to finish your degree with at least $1 in savings and no debt. Mm. That's the financial goals here. Now, if you are in your early 20s or you've just left school and you're not 100% sure what you want to do, don't run to uni tomorrow or next year. I really, and this is wild advice and this is why we need a podcast so it can be detailed and nuanced. If you've got a life plan and some direction, and you might not know the details, but I'll say if you're dialed into building a good life, I just want you to go and get a job doing something that you just like doing, earning money, saving money, keeping out of consumer debt, And that's the underlying thing. Keep out of consumer debt. If you got debt, pay it off and don't go into it. If you just left school, work for two years. And when people go, oh, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I work at JB Hi-Fi. Oh, is that your career? Might be. You might love it. Awesome. We need good people in retail. Or you could be like, no, I'm just doing this till I work out what I actually want to do. And then when I'm 23 or 24, then I'm going to go to uni. And I'll be a little bit older For me, because I'm a bit basic, when I was older, I started to learn how to learn better because I knew what was, I had more data experience. So I knew when they taught something, I knew that, oh yeah, that sounds like it's actually important rather than, you know, going to the orientation day and they're like, all right, welcome to the orientation day for this course yeah, who cares where the toilets are? I don't need to remember that. But if mm. they say the reason that people, you know, if you're doing medicine or whatever, yeah, the reason people get cancer, this is why I might remember that. Yeah. <laughs> this is if, getting a bit um, wild. But If I did year 12 when I was 30, I would have nailed it. Yeah, same. So, Kat, you're killing it. The fact that you are listening to this crap, the fact that you're in the Facebook group, you are killing it. I want you to write in next year whatever, you'll be in touch once you've paid off that. You're just going to be fine. Everyone listening, trust me, time goes fast, so fast. You just spend a year listening to the podcast and being encouraged and getting direction. Stop listening after that. Who cares? Like you just want to get some encouragement and get learning and all that stuff. So yeah, this is awesome. Let's answer one more question. In fact, We'll talk about the midlife crisis-y stuff in the after party, but there's a final question here. Hi, Glenn. I'm, and this is from Bashan. Hi, Glenn. I'm halfway listening to your amazing audio book, Sorting Money Out and Getting Invested. Find myself in a bit of a situation. Partner and I invested in our home during the pandemic. 
And after all the interest rates high, we are paying 50% of our household income to the mortgage. We are trying to pay a little more than the minimum payments. Don't at the moment. (laughs) As we wanted to ensure we try to pay back our loan faster. Six months into moving in, we don't think we are saving anything month on month. You won't if you're paying 50%. Are looking at cutting back expenses that we can. We have a comfortable emergency fund saved up. Awesome. Keen to understand if our focus should be paying off the mortgage or simultaneously increasing our savings, especially in this situation. What are you saying to Bashan Johnson? 50% a large amount, isn't it? Mm. Uh, but I don't think it'll be that uncommon at the moment. So, yeah, we need to buckle in and just go back to basics and, and just don't worry about extra payments and let's see our way through that. In saying that, like interest rates aren't going to go from 6% to 3% in the next three months either. Mm. So we've got to adjust to the new norm and if it's that extreme and if it's that much pressure on your life with mental stress as a result of that, it's not worth it. So we need to, it might sound uh, drastic, but may mean at some stage releasing that uh, mortgage and, and going buying something that's more realistic for you for the next 10 years. Because uh, again, when we look at average rates over the journey, it's they, they hover around that 6%. So where we're at now is is actually the norm for, um, but, for interest rates. <clears throat> yeah, but that's weird because like 10 years ago, the well, 15 years ago, the house prices are more and wages yeah. haven't increased. So the whole thing's a frigging basket case. But Yeah, and I know, and that's why I don't think they're going to go too much higher than this over mm-hmm. the next 20 years. But we still, yeah, we've got to be a realist as well. I'm probably saying... In a perfect world, if you're spending 40% or more of your net income on your mortgage or accommodation, like they're considering you in mortgage stress. And I, I've got to talk generally because Bushan might be like, they might be, they might, for example, grow all their own produce and not have a grocery budget and uh. don't have a gym membership and they can totally live comfortably paying 50% of their gross or their net income or household income, I don't know if it's gross or net, um, onto the mortgage. But if I step back and talk generally, you need that number to be well under 40 long-term. Now, if Bushan is working part-time, for example, because he's doing some study and then in a year's time, he'll be back to full-time earnings and that would mean that the percentage rate will drop significantly. I mean, sure, I'm doing it for a year, but it is not sustainable. I like to tell people 25% of your net take-home for accommodation costs is good. 20% is amazing. Zero is euphoric because, you know, you don't have a mortgage uh, or you don't have to pay rent, but more so than not, if your net take-home pay is 40% more than your rent or mortgage, at some point, it will stuff will catch up with you and you'll end up in consumer debt yeah, and or have a worse increasing. quality of life. So back to uh, Bushan, I'm just leaving the mortgage 
on minimum repayments. And then I'm stepping back and saying, how do we increase your income? Or do we have to, as John said, sell the house, get somewhere else? Or I, I don't know, but my, you know, 30,000 feet view of this is that's not sustainable. Yeah. And just just running some quick numbers on that. If if you had say a four hundred fifty thousand dollar loan, which is not much in today's terms, but let's run with that. If you were interest only, and uh, sorry, principal and interest, and then went back to interest only, it's only a, it's a drop of about four hundred dollars a month or a hundred dollars a week on the same interest rate. Now, generally, the interest rates are a bit higher if we're paying interest only, right? So if we added half a percent to that, it now changes it. Yeah, to about $140 a week mm. uh, extra. So you might look at that and I think that's the first place you'd start is like, well, will that make a difference? Will that see us out of the um, shot? But if it doesn't, because in a lot of cases, depending on the size of the mortgage, changing from P&I to interest only is not making much of a difference because you're paying off so much of the um, interest or paying the interest so much first. Yeah, because he said six months into moving in, we don't think we are saving anything month on month. Well, mm. of course you're not, like, because it's no. not going to be possible. And I'm amazed. I don't. That, I'm surprised they got a loan at that servicing level. Are you? Uh, not really. Oh. I think the banks are always lending a little bit more than what we probably can afford. But it also depends on what they're spending the other 50% on, too. Yeah, and that, that's what I mean. Like if they, they live lean and light and don't have two cars and live in the city and grow yeah. vegetables in the little sky garden or whatever, like yeah. it could work. But I know one thing, longer term, you're going to end up dipping into your emergency fund. Unless you have... Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd probably say anyone who's woken up this morning listening to this and they do the numbers and they're like far out, our net income is more than 40% of our mortgage or rent, I want you to somehow have a look and say that needs to decrease if possible in the next 12 months in a perfect world. And all this stuff's perfect world stuff, but, and I know, I really do know it's wild out there. Like some of the stories with rent increases, like it's savage. See, so, so six months ago for them, they weren't paying 6%, they are paying four, four mm. and a half. Well, so, he said- after all the interest rate hikes, oh, no, no, no. They moved during the pandemic and now after all the interest rate hikes, yeah. yeah. So they would have started on 2%. But I am straight up not paying any more than the minimum payments on that mortgage. Which for reference is interest only. Well, minimum payments could be principal and interest if the loan's P&I. Minimum, minimum or minimum P&I? Minimum P&I if it's P&I. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I'm not a big fan of moving your PPOR to IO. No, but if it's a get-out clause that says, well, I can hold on to my house for another five years. Oh, absolutely. But that's why this all, a lot of the time, it comes back to a, a bit of a come-to-Jesus career moment, like can I yeah. increase my income? Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to the audiobook. Yeah. Appreciate you. Well, we might leave it there. I just want to talk about this last question, but we'll do it in the after party because I've got to give John a bit of an update on my life and we will... <laughs> thanks for your support, everyone. There yeah, thanks, everyone. Tuning out. Hey, um, yeah, we'll see you next week, everyone. <laughs>
<laughs> Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, this is... Shay said, does anyone want to retire now? I work as a nurse. I've done so for about 20 years and I feel like I've just had enough. I literally do not want to work anymore. There is no area of nursing that entices me and I have no interest in doing any further study. Sounds like you need to get out of nursing. (laughs) No way I can afford to stop working. I have a mortgage and I'm a single parent of teens. Wondering if any other healthcare professionals are feeling like this. Well, I, I've been on a bit of a journey myself lately. Yeah. Um, I can tell. Really? How? <laughs> no. Well, first key sign was when you said you're going to do some study. Yeah. So the reason why this spoke to me is I'm like, and I've said you're it. You're going to be think, a nurse, are you? Yeah. No, I love nurses. They're so good. They just run the whole hospital. Yeah. I'm like bored with life. (laughs) (laughs) I texted a friend yesterday and I was like, I don't know if I'm bored or depressed or both. And it's interesting. And I kind of, because I'm a bit self-aware, I kind of have worked it out. And we'll get to Shay's question. But like I... So this is like the first podcast I've recorded in like a month, I think. 
because I went to Bali, then mm. went to Manila, then I was in Sydney for our team week, and then I was up in Brisbane, and it's been kind of chilling. Do you feel reinvigorated? Oh no, I think the opposites happened for me. So it was so funny. I think like Jess and Rach have both said to me recently, like Jess said yesterday, she like she texts, she's like, "Are you all right?" Oh. <laughs> No, but it's all no. good. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. But yeah. what I, I think because of my personality, I need excitement and new stuff mm. and I'm just bored. And that's why yeah. I've enrolled in this TAFE course two days a week doing marine operations because it's a, you know, I went to the orientation day the other day and well, it was the biggest waste of freaking two hours in my whole life. Was it? Oh, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. I'm excited to actually do the course. Yeah, that's good. But so the last kind of month of me not working and call it retire and this is why I'm going somewhere. I've done a little bit of like kept the ball rolling with the team and all that, but mm. I've been completely untethered from any type of reality or norm. Mm. Like... I'm in a fortunate position that money isn't my problem and I've got plenty of time. And I think just being completely untethered from that something to do or purpose or if it's just like I'm going through an ebb or flow or something or, you know, and I've, I've kind of re-hit this bedrock of, all right, what am I doing? Because it's not about just going, all right, I've done, sell the podcast or get rid of it and do something else because I love doing this. And I don't want to yeah. mess with this, but I need to do other stuff. And all that to say, you know, and being a, a single parent of teens, you know, if you stop working and had all the money in the world, you're going to have stuff to do. Mm. Uh, but for some people like me, even with kids, uh, you need some type of passion. You need some type of thing to do. Like my sister went back to work. She didn't have to be a a working mum, but she's like, my brain is rotting. So it's yeah, that purpose thing. Relevant. Yeah, so I'm slowly getting some purpose back in my life and I'm rejigging my week so I only spend one or two days a week on the podcast. Yeah, okay. Um, and like we'll just record Wednesdays now and, you know, I've got a good team to help do other stuff. But mm. I, um, yeah, so I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, so it is, yeah, I think it's, um, like you're, you're effectively going through what maybe retirement feels like. Yes. Uh, it's like, you've got time, you've got money, but now I'm, I'm almost no longer relevant. Like I've, uh, I'm, or I'm not challenged. Yeah. So like all this time leading up to this period, I was, I was hustling and bustling and, and I was busy and, and relevant and always communicating with people. Now it's like, okay, I've reached this. That's great. And I've actually got this perfect balance, but I've lost that challenge. Yeah. And I think that's what happened. Like when I sold the financial planning business, I had my millennium money to build and that was my purpose. Yeah. Um, so yeah. now I've kind of built my millennium. Like I'm a builder, right? Mm. Um. I've built that and it's awesome and I don't want it to stop and I love our listeners and I love the Facebook group 
but I need to also do like and yeah, people probably didn't even notice unless they follow me on Instagram that I haven't really been working, but we've kept mm. the podcasts up and so it, it it doesn't the end product won't make any difference to people. And mm. I think even doing the TAFE course and doing other stuff a couple of days a week makes me a better podcaster because I'm yeah. just more inspired Fresh. and yeah, and all that. But yeah, I, I think for for Shay, it's that whole thing like don't run from something, run to something. Yeah. And I'm actually I'll I'll, I'll copy um I'm going to send Shay a copy of the Sort Your Career Out book as well because yes. I think it needs to go back to that values bedrock. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get you, um, you know, that, I've been working for about 20 years. Like she's probably in her 40s, you know, 40-ish maybe, I'd imagine, mm. if she started at 25, I don't know, 20, uh, with yeah. a couple of teens. Um, so, yeah, I'll send you a book and I want you to read the value section first and you will because it's chapter one. But, the, and this is the whole thing, like I've just hundred percent resolved again in my life that money's good and gives you options. But if you've, and this is why like all these mega celebrities just fall off the freaking track. Yeah. Because yep. like, they've got all the money in the world and it, like, it sounds weird and, and, and it's and a too really much time. Yeah, and I I think I'm at a new transition where after building the financial planning business, I was like, sweet, I can actually just transition completely out of that and start to yeah. build again. And that was what, uh 2018, 19, 22, 22. Like this is like the fifth year, right? Yeah. I've got a major five year itch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a five. It's not seven. And that's why, yeah. like I said to the team, I'm like the normal Glenn James just wants to go, all right, moving on, mm. but he's not doing that this time. Yeah. He's going to keep this yeah. because he actually likes doing it. But just add to it. But I'm just going to add to other parts of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Otherwise you uh, get your mitts on it and... Um, wreck it. Wreck it. Not that you've done that before, but... No, but like on a small, pro, like it's not just a matter of going to the team like, all right, we're creating three other podcasts. Like, Yeah, we're just that's not, what you're guilty of in the Yeah, past. that's right. So yeah. it's not now let's make this better because I'm bored. Yeah. It's like, no, it's actually good and it's working. And yeah. that's why, you know, at the start of the year and that and the end of last year, we got rid of some of those shows that weren't heaps fruitful and we're just like, we'll focus on what we're good at. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, any I final think, comments for Shay? Oh, just for Shay, I think, yeah, and we've spoken about it before, haven't we? Like it's not what makes you the most money or they've got a mortgage so you need a certain level of income. It's what you, you're passionate about and what you're interested in and, and try and align that as much as you can to, to the income you need. But, mm. yeah, not worth getting out of bed going to spend eight hours, 40 hours a week doing something you don't like. you just mm. got to change it, full stop. Totally. I actually put on Instagram, I asked people what they did to um, get out of a midlife crisis. So if you are in a midlife crisis or a quarter life crisis, you're in the right place because I'm with you, baby. <laughs> I am so with you. I said, how did you get through a quarter or midlife crisis asking for a friend? AKA me. Kat said, no advice from me, but eagerly waiting to know what other people oh, are doing. What's happening? 
Uh, I know this one. These are Instagram user accounts. Cried, saw a therapist, cried some more. <laughs> uh, Loz said travel. Christy said it hasn't stopped. Uh, Jesse said move to a remote indigenous community for work. Uh, zero, zero out of 10 to recommend. Right. Oh, I didn't tell you. Um, I've been offered to go to the Pilbara and do some money seminars at a Mayan village. Oh, how yeah, good. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it on board. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, this is interesting. Desk Fruit and Veg said, Faith, have a deep understanding of the bigger spiritual picture. Carla said, set my goal and move forward one step at a time. Megan said, I bungee jumped. This is wild. Like last crisis, I've had two crises that I can remember. Mm. The last one I, last two that I remember, one was when I shaved my head. <laughs> That's turned out all right. Yeah. And the other one I bought that um, Lexus RC350. <laughs> but this time I've realized the buying shat doesn't actually do anything. Nah, it's short term, isn't it? Yeah. Takes you a while to get um, that through your noggins. Tanya said, spend all your money on travel. Says said, quarter, blew all my savings and ran to Europe for about eight weeks. Lucky D Designs, found a new uh, hobby I truly love. Belle said, going through it now, lol. Um, <laughs> love HB said, I'm in mine now, send help. <laughs> Mike said, buy an impractical sports car. <laughs> oh, this is, Paige said, get your motorcycle license and buy a motorcycle. I was I was going to buy another motorbike after I got back from Bali because I was scooting around, but I'm too scared. Maz said, change jobs. PS still having a midlife crisis. Nat said she's still in it. Um, yeah. Bron said, sold all my longings and moved to East Arnhem Land. Wow. A lots of bed rotting and throwing myself into work. Have you heard of that bed rotting term? No. Nah. Oh, what is it? It's dumb. Uh, like you just stay in bed all day and rot in bed. <laughs> like freaking get up and get chest. Um, My dog does that. I'm only 26 and I've just experienced one. Wow. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I can't read, remember. I'm only 26 and haven't experienced one yet, but I think I'll just cry for my parents. Blowing up your life and not dealing with it. Traveling really deep, genuine friendships. Went back Jeez, to uni for a career comments. change. Got divorced. Travel. Bali blowout. Harnessing the calming power of a hot tea. Threw my life in the bin. Went back to uni studying something completely different. Travel, running, alcohol. Travel <laughs> to the other side of the world. Spontaneous solo trip to Scandinavia. Quit work, run away and live in a troopy and drove around Australia. Yoga. I turned 40 this week, so see, keen to see some responses. Bought a sports car for my quarter life crisis. Uh -huh. Going through some now. Got some good books. Went and travelled. Travel's a popular thing, but because I'm such a freaking loser, I can't travel by myself because I get too lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an outgoing introvert. I like my own yeah, time. That's right. But I don't like being alone. You just pay for someone else to come with you. Well, I was talking to someone the other day in Brisbane. I'm like, hey, next year, let's go to Europe. Yeah. Um, oh, bought a mountain bike. You're going to go, don't you? Sucked in. Mm. Still going through it. Just spent lots on money and a therapist, yoga, self-care, 
signed up for study, moved overseas, became a lawyer, far out, got a Tesla, travel, took up running, moved states, take time to find my values, change careers. So it seems like it's career, travel, study, mm. some type of reset. All things. Yeah. But things might be short-lived. All right, see ya. Mm.